Listen to this definition. Endurance. To bear with patience. To sustain. Persevere. To persist. To maintain an effort. To not give in. Winston Churchill. England was blown to pieces. And the constant bombing from the Germans continued time after time after time. No, Jeff Bastian was not the first one to say, don't give up. Winston Churchill is famously quoted as saying, never, ever, 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 ever quit. And they did not. They could not be bombed into submission. They kept believing and finally they were liberated with the help of the American people. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. It's hard to be young. Because when you're young, in the world in which we live, you expect to be able to do whatever it is that you're trying to do immediately. I've got Miller a set of golf clubs. He's old enough now to have one of the little short ones, made special for them. The other day we decided he'd hit some balls in the backyard. He wanted to hit them. So he got in and grabbed the club, just like that. He said, let's hit some golf balls, Papa. And I said, well, let's get our hands together. Let's, let's talk for a minute. Let's talk about how we have to get set so you can hit the golf ball. It's, he said, mm, I don't really want to do that. So I went over and sat down the chair. And he said, he was looking, waiting, and he was dribbling about six foot in front of him. And I looked at him, I said, if you want to learn how to hit right, I'll tell you. If not, just keep on making a mess out of the backyard, digging holes. Today I'll be so proud of you. <laughs> Dad was there too, and he was, there, he was bearing with me. Finally, he said, help me. We went over there and worked a little with the grip, just a little bit of a stance, and he hit the ball actually up in the air, flying across the yard. I said, wow, did you see that? I said, I told you. <laughs> if you don't learn to do it right, and you don't have enough patience to wait a minute, it's not like the blessed computer. If I'm elected Pope, or king of the world, <laughs> first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to turn off all electrical computerized <laughs> you say, for how long? Just like the commercial, people be lying on the floor going, oh my gosh, I haven't been able to be connected for seven hours. <laughs> I'm going to leave them off until nobody's lying on the floor lying anymore. That's how long they'll be off. Your whole world can't be instant. You can't go to a company and say, well, I'm here, make me president. That's not the way it works. Nobody's interested in being president. You don't know enough to be president yet. We don't care that you have a college degree. It's the same thing in every stage of life. In this country, we think we have a right to it, and we have a right to it right now. It has made us a very impatient people. And if we're just impatient with a lot of things, I can live with it. But we're not. We're impatient with spiritual things, too. We want to be mature in Christ right now without studying the scriptures, without pouring over them, without pouring over conversations with, to the Lord in prayer. We want to be perfect. We want to be ready. We want to make A's and go to college and get through college without any work. We just want to go back and have a good time and then get the great job. But if you don't go to college and learn what is there, if you don't make your mind mature, if you don't learn to work toward a goal, you think Everything's going to come to life easy. And then you get out there and a lot of 27-year-olds are going, I have a college degree and I can't get a job. Well, what are you doing to find one? What did you do when you were being trained? How are you presenting yourself in an interview? 
Who are you working to make connections with that can help you get a better job? It's not easy. It's not meant to be easy. Once Adam and Eve partook of that fruit in the garden, it hadn't been easy since then. And it's not going to be easy tomorrow either. Everything we do as individuals is a challenge. Teachers have to have patience. Every student in your classroom is capable of learning. Some of them have received a lot of help at home. Micah counted before the other day, four weeks, she's not even three. I don't know how she learned it, but anyway, she did. Probably was still studying the computer. <laughs> yeah, I know they do good too. But my point is this every kid in that classroom deserves the chance to learn. Some of them don't have parents who have parents who never learn, who were never encouraged to learn, they were never helped to learn. It was never made easy enough for them to achieve it, and their minds were poisoned as children with bad thinking because their parents had experienced failure for all their life and their parents before them. You can't teach them in the same way you can teach a child who's had every advantage in the world. You have to be patient. You have to be loving. You have to be understanding. You have to encourage them. I learned something from my wife along that way. We'll get out of the point for this one. That would be such a point. It had to do with schools and me talking to her one day about what she was doing in the teacher's lounge. And I don't even remember. It's years ago this conversation came out. And she said, I don't really go to the teacher's lounge. And I said, well, why not? Is that where teachers go? They get a break. And she said, I don't go there because there's too much negative talking about some of the children in the class. And she said, when a bunch of teachers get together and start talking negatively in small towns where we were at that time, they all hear it. So if little Johnny was a toot in the first grade, the second grade teacher knows little Johnny's coming because there's only 37 kids coming and they're coming next year. And everybody knows little Johnny's little toot. And you know what? Johnny's daddy was a toot, so therefore Johnny's going to always be a toot. Shame on teachers who get in their head that the kids can't learn. Shame on us when we get into our heads that we can't learn. Shame on us when we get out and give up and give in. Just because it's easier. You say, well, you're really in a hard-headed mood this morning, aren't you? <laughs> Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance. What I've been talking about are encumbrances, attitudes color the way we look at people, what we think they can do or achieve. Some of the people in the poorest of circumstances had the greatest minds. They just not had anyone to help them open them up. I believe that. I believe it's true of every youth. We don't give up, we don't get out. So they were a little too last year. So they've been in trouble for four years in school. You're their fifth grade teacher. Encourage and love them out of that attitude. Give them something to hold on to, someone who cares. Put them in a leadership for the first time in their life. Let them erase the chalkboard for goodness sakes. Don't always let little Susie and little Johnny who have been perfect students erase the chalkboard. I know you don't use chalkboard, but I'm no man. You get my point. Give them something to do they can be successful at. You say, well, it's not my job to raise them. 
It's not your job to raise them. That's right. It's your opportunity in Christ's name to raise them. It's your chance to make a difference in a life that will make a difference in other lives in years to come. Don't give up on them. Don't send them off. Don't wish you, hope you don't get them in your class. Want to go by them. Walk by their desk three times more than you do the child who doesn't really need you anyway. They can already count to a hundred and you're just trying to get the other little boy to get to ten. Spend more time with the one who needs to go to ten. Everybody deserves the privilege of learning. And everybody needs help in doing it. You said, is this a lecture about school or church, right? Well, I'm getting to that. I'm glad we sang early, got through early. Are you listening? Yes. Got one that's listening. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'm talking to the rest of them. This is kind of like class. Every question is not rhetorical, is it? The Christian life is being lived as a witness in the midst of other witnesses. The room is filled with the spirit of the witnesses of this church. We're not here alone. It's not just the Holy Spirit that's here with us. It is that great cloud of witnesses that have already gone to heaven and they're watching everything we do. And that always frightens me a little. Does it frighten you? We're living in the midst of a great cloud of witnesses. That's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. And their witness to us has been that you can't endure incredible things if your faith is strong. Secondly, lay aside every encumbrance. I don't mean every sin yet. That comes later. Lay aside every encumbrance. A lot of times encumbrances are good things. But if you don't lay aside some of the good things in life, you miss the best things. Well, because there's too many things in our world. How can you be a great gymnast, a great basketball player, a great football player, a great tennis player, a great distance runner with the limited hours you have in the day. Is that really possible? I know those are the decathlon athletes that get to do it, but they're oftentimes not the best at all ten things. They're usually the best at one or two of those ten things, and they have to strive, and I don't know how they do it, to be better in the other eight. The reality is that if we don't lay aside the things that soak up our time and our energy, we don't have any time left for the best of things. And for Christians, that's specific stuff. We have a gospel to share. And if we don't make time and create opportunities to share it with those who don't believe, we just keep gathering together like a social club and pat each other on the back for how good we're doing. Sometimes a encumbrance is our comfortability in being amongst other Christians. Sometimes we just refuse to lay aside that which encumbers us and present, prevents us from becoming who we need to be. We're so prideful we won't learn. 
We're so stubborn, we won't listen to the critique of a brother and sister who's trying to tell us that we need to improve. We get tied up in our own relationship with Christ, and we don't allow the negative words or the learning words that Jesus is trying to pour into our heart so that we can keep growing. We are not meant to ever be stagnant, stagnant, or stagnant by the circumstances of life. Never, ever give up is an important thing to teach your children. They have to see you parents doing it. They have to see you struggling and overcoming before they get it that everything's not easy. If you make everything easy for them, you are crippling them. Stop it. Don't answer every question when they come to you and say, well, I don't want to answer this. What's the answer? Don't answer for them. Tell them to go back and read the book again. That's where the answer is. And you teachers, work hard to keep them from doing what we have become professional at in schools these days, I'm told. You say, what is that? What do you think it is? What are schools best at? What are youth best at? What are youth best at for John Up? Sports. Sports. They're good at sports. Video games. Video games. They're good at video games. They are. Amazing. How about cheating? They're not good at cheating? No. Nobody cheats in your school? Nobody copies other people's homework? Uh, not y'all. Okay, I'm good. But I'm also aware that they're even cheating on college entrance exams. Makes me want to throw up. Makes you want to throw up too, right? You work hard and you go to take that test and somebody else gets the chance to look like they're a lot smarter than they are and you think, man, I'm going to deal. So I can't get that deal. No, you don't. You don't gain anything by cheating. You cheat yourself. When you Take away your opportunity to learn and teach yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Don't short-circuit the process. It's the same in the Christian life. A lot of adults want to race forward to heaven. They get saved and they're happy. Now let's go. What do we do? Well, I'm waiting to get, go to heaven 70 years from now and I die. There's a lot of savings supposed to happen between that first experience and when you go to heaven. And it's not all easy. It's not even supposed to be easy. We blew it on the easy lesson in the book of Genesis. Now we have the sin we have to deal with, and that sin, not only are we surrounded by encumbrances, but sin that besets us and keeps us from becoming all that we can be. What's the cure? He says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Have your eye on the distant go. Don't be satisfied with making the best score in your class. Make the best score you can. Don't be satisfied with being an employee who makes good money. Be, exci be excited about the possibility of being the best employee in the company. Be excited about becoming the best you can become. Don't be excited about being a Christian and being a doorkeeper in heaven. That's the old joke from years ago. People used to say, well, I know I could be better, but if I could just be a doorkeeper in heaven, in other words, the lowest tub and pole possible, I'll be happy. Really? What kind of attitude is that? They don't need doorkeepers in heaven. They're all mad. <laughs> you get there, they just open up just like at the grocery store. <laughs> what we need is we need saints on earth that are going to the Philippines and sharing the gospel. 
we saints on earth that are going to the orphanages in South America and loving on kids. We need saints in America, youth groups in America, that are not happy just being happy together but are trying to win their friends to come to church with them. We need people in the pews who are not happy with just the people who are there, but who are concerned about the people who don't know Christ all around them. Endurance matters. Endurance is what we have to have. I'm going to close with just one last little story. It's a short one, you already know the story. Several times, some people have said to me, I bet you're glad the bishop sent you here to the church for the troubles we've had lately. Yeah, I am. I am glad the bishop sent me here. Really. Really. So quit asking me. I went out there in Frisco. I've been in Frisco nine years before I came here. I am ready to finish what we began. I know some of you are getting weary. And you'd like somehow for the race to be over, but it's not over. It's not over. And it won't be over next week or next year or the year after that. You say, when will it be over? I'm going to declare it over on this day. Are you ready? The struggle goes over. And I retire. When you build a new building next door. Because you run it over two or three times with the congregation in here. You say, well, preacher, that's never going to happen. I know that's why I'm going to retire sooner. But there's never an ending place, is there, for the church? There's never a place where you just sit back and say, well, we're on Easy Street now, we got it made. Every church that adopts that attitude has already begun to die. We were meant to thrive into your With our eye on Jesus, who is the author and the example for us to follow. Father God, we thank you that you gave us Jesus. We never ever let us quit on anyone or give up on any soul or to give up on any congregation, or to give up on any child in the classroom. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the heart of champions, that you inspire us to be the best that we can be, not the best that we can be among others, but the best that we can be. And we pray for your spirit to come. Push us, to lead us, to drag us, to call us, to shout at us, to coach us, until that reality has us churning away at life. Moving through challenges, moving on to victory. Maybe so. Here and everywhere in our lives, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You need Christ. You need a church. But in fact, you're coming. Stand with us.